0: So we're in a series called the Holy Spirit series. Turn to the person the next to you and say, Holy Spirit. Now whisper it to him like it's creepy. Say, Holy Spirit, like that. Spirit, God, there you go. And, uh, and so in this series, uh, my goal with this series was a, cu- a, couple, uh, a couple goals I had. Number one, that you and I would be able to way re- Many of us, the person of the Holy Spirit, or maybe engage him for the first time in a life-giving way. Many of us have seen um, misappropriations of who the Holy Spirit is. And so with that, I went down through um, um, a teachings so that you can re-engage him as who he really is, not who the church you heard about, not by, based on what so-and-so said back in the day, not even based on maybe um, experiences that you've had in the past, but who does the, Holy, who does the Word of God say the Holy Spirit is? And we started the first week with just kind of identifying his name. And when his name was translated from the Greek and the Hebrew, um, the writers in English translated Holy Spirit. King James, you find the name Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know about you. When I first came, became a Christian, they said, do you want the Holy Ghost? I was like, nope. I saw a and The Shining. I don't need no ghost in my life, right? And so that kind of threw me off. And so, and then I had to grow in that and realize, wait a minute, that's probably not exactly for my generation, um, a, a, a real m- proper mental picture for who he is. Actually, in the Hebrew and the Greek, the Holy Spirit's name is translated out, if you will, the breath of God. The wind of God, but can you imagine trying to translate into english these these words so you got God the Father, God the Son, God the breath, <laughs> you know, and so to to kind of identify his his person, they called him the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, and ghost and you know you know few hundred years ago didn't mean the same thing that we intended to mean these days. And so we went down through that and recognized that the Holy Spirit, uh, who, he, who He was, what His nature was like. And then this, last week, we talked about the empowerment that the Holy Spirit was supposed to bring into us as believers. And we talked about how He would empower you. If you haven't gotten those teachings, you need to go back and you can listen to them. You can go on our website or you can download the podcast. And with that, today, we're now going to talk about spiritual gifts. Everybody say spiritual gifts. Say it again, Spiritual gifts. So our key scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4. Key scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4. says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege to walk in my gift as I lead this church, as I administer truth, Lord God, as I uh, acknowledge and bring forth the truth out of your word about who your Holy Spirit is. And I pray that there would be revelation... I pray there be transformation. I pray, Lord God, that every man and woman in this room, everyone listened by way of the live stream, or those watching podcasts later or listen to podcasts later, would have a revelation of the gift that you have for them. And I pray, Lord God, that that would transform them and to the mighty Christian that you plan for them to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen and amen. So when we look at that passage. It says there are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit. When we look throughout the Bible. We find lots of giftings listed. And a couple of key passages. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. But right here in the opening. In verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 12. When they're talking about the gifts of the spirit. It says there are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit. That word Gifts. The original Greek word for gifts is charisma. Everybody say charisma. charisma. It's where you get people that call themselves charismatics. So the word charisma is defined as divine empowerment. I know that you thought charisma was being able to shyster people. I know that's what you thought the definition was. And I know that some people that have, if you will, have taken that understanding of charisma and created a subculture, if you will, of charismatics. And charismatics simply should mean that they believe in the divine endowment or the gifts of God in their lives. And that's exactly what it means. And so maybe you've gotten a little apprehensive of like, you know, so, so, are you charismatic? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Do you mean I fall down every time worship starts? No, I'm not that. But I am charismatic. In that I believe that He's given us spiritual gifts, endowment with power. That's what it's supposed to mean. So to help you a little bit in your interaction with other folks, like you go to that church on the now. Yeah, what kind of church y'all? What y'all do? Y'all charismatics? Well, we do believe the word charisma is gifts, and we do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And some don't believe in those anymore. We'll kind of identify that a little further here in our teaching. But with that being said, I want to show you that there are different. Gifts given to us by God. And I think it's really cool as God is a triune being God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the three major gifts, if you will, are the concepts that each one of the Godhead brings us gifts. Let's start with number one. God has gifts for us. Number one, the first gift that we see Jesus brings us, number one, eternal life. Write that down eternal life. Jesus brought us the gift of eternal life. You can't have eternal life in and of your own self, you can't have heaven your own self. You can't make that happen in your own ability, your own strength. Look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, it says, for the wages of sin, say it with me, is, death. one more time, is death. death. But the gift of God, the what of God? Yeah. The what of God? Yeah. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You need to grasp this. You need to get this. No matter what denomination you came out of, no matter what your background was, you are able to go to heaven because Jesus gave you a gift of salvation. He paid for it on the cross. The wages of sin, the wages of sin is death. In other words, what the Bible is saying is what you and I owe, the wages that we are owed because of our sin is death. But Jesus stepped forward and said, don't give them death, Father. I'll die on the cross. I will give them eternal life if they will but call me Lord, if they will but serve me. I will stand in the way of death, and I will bring them life. Are you with me? Say yes. That's a gift. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. Back to our song we were singing earlier. You, don't, you can't make it happen. You can't be gooder, as the little kid said. I want to be more gooder than the other guy down the road. You can't do it. It is a gift. You don't deserve it. You can't work for it. Do you got it? Say yes. It's a gift. Jesus gave us the gift of salvation. And Jesus, I thank you right now for saving a wretched man like me and allowing me to spend my eternity with you forever and ever. Friend, you need to get a hold of that understanding. Here's the second big gift that God the Father gives us, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, Jesus said, but wait, wait for the gift my Father promised, referencing the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing I got to get you. Most of you, you know about one gift, and that's the gift of salvation. You get it. You got revelation on that. I'm a Christian. I don't deserve it. God has saved me. Jesus has paid the price for me, and He gave me the beautiful gift of salvation. But most of you don't know about the big second gift that God the Father sent, and that was the Holy Spirit. That's why we're doing the series. And he says, wait for the gift. He tells his disciples, wait for the gift my father had promised. So they do. They go to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. They're all sitting there in the upper room. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. And when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon them, they all began to sense, it says like a mighty Russian wind came in the room. Like a violent wind came in the room. It seemed as though tongues of fire rested on each of them. And they all began to speak in other tongues. They go down, and now they have this empowerment as they go out amongst the city folks. And 3,000 people get saved. That's a gift. Can I explain something to you? You can't, you can't live for God without power. L- listen, you've got to get a revelation. He gave you the gift to have power in your life. You can't keep your marriage together by yourself because you went to therapy, because you've been reading some books. Because you're good enough. Because at the end of the day, we're all sinners saved by grace. And we all have hang-ups and shortcomings. Oh, but he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us to be nice when we don't want to be nice. Come on, somebody. To forgive when when no one else would tell us. You shouldn't forgive them. They deserve to die forever. And you have this power to forgive. You have this power to overcome sin. You don't have to be addicted to the same substance that you've always been addicted to. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It is a gift from God. And you and I need to walk therein. And then there's a... Third set of gifts that the Holy Spirit brings us. And that are the gifts, as we call them, the gifts of the Spirit, as the Bible calls them, the gifts of the Spirit. Now let me identify what I'm talking about here as the gifts of the Spirit. And here's my little definition, the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings us. And that is a special, they're, they're gifts. They are a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance his purposes in this world hope you get that. Special supernatural ability. We're not talking about your natural ability to play the piano or something like that. A supernatural ability. Gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit brings gifts. Isn't that interesting? That there were three gifts brought to baby Jesus by the wise men. Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And then as believers, as his sons and daughters, as his babies, as his children, he brings us three major sets of gifts. Salvation, empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and then spiritual gifts. It's supernatural to me how God has this thing all worked out. There, throughout the Scriptures, there are a lot of listings of these gifts. And I don't know if there's a comprehensive list. It's kind of hard to say that there's only this amount. And the reason why is because the Holy Spirit, again, the wind of God, the breath of God in us... It's constantly blowing our, our minds out on, on some trying to, trying to box them all in. Well, that's the gift of this. Well, that's the gift of that. But there are. Again, over 20-something gifts listed for sure in the scriptures. And I'll just, I, kinda, I just I kind of want to splat them all over the screen for you so you can see some of them. I'll read down through them real quick. Here's some listings of over 20-something. There's a, gift, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of helping, uh, administration gifts, ministry service gifts, teaching gifts, encouragement gifts, giving gifts, leadership gifts, mercy gift, apostleship, evangelism, pastoral gifts guidance grace intercession hospitality gifts and we see all the reference on the screen they are magnificent all these gifts and again they are supernatural ability that causes us to do great things that help others outside of our normal ability these gifts are phenomenal I, a couple of years ago i introduced you to a friend of mine i have this friend he's a very very successful businessman very very wealthy and he and I were talking, and I was like, you got to come tell our church about this. And many of you weren't in our church at that, in that time, so I want to retell his story, I'll keep his name secret. But he had this interaction with some of the Disney executives. And in his interaction, he's, a, he's a, a man of great wealth, and he also has a prophetic gift that God uses in him from time to time. And so he was interacting with these Disney executives, and he began to prophesy to them about certain business dealings. And this one particular, there are six executives that make the decisions, at least it was two years ago, that make all the decisions on which other companies they're going to acquire. And the way Disney continues to grow is because they don't necessarily create all the new stuff. They just find little companies that already do it, and then they go buy them out, right? And so, and so, and what a great dream. And so, they're... Disney had this company that they wanted to buy out. But in that group of six, they began to get against each other about Not sure if it's a good decision. They did all their research, did all they're supposed to do. And one of the guys said, I know a guy who talks to God. Let's call him and ask him to ask his God what we should do. True story. And so they called my friend. And he goes, okay. And they said, this is on Friday. They said, but we need to know by Monday. Hope you get it right. And so he goes, okay, no problem. Again, he understands it's a gift. Everybody say gift. Yes. It's a gift. It's not in and of himself. It's a gift from God. So Friday evening he prays. He did not get worried about it. It's a gift. God can use it. He cannot use it. No big deal. I mean, you know, I'm not under any pressure to perform for anybody. This is not a performance. This is me using my gift, or maybe God didn't want that in this moment. I'm not worried about it. Saturday nothing gets nothing from God nothing on Friday Sunday morning he's sitting there before church he's drinking his coffee reading his Bible before he goes to church and all of a sudden he gets a download from God the prophetic gift kicks in God shows him three things that this company is is doing hiding it from Disney that are going to destroy Disney if they do if if they buy them out he gets you know one is they cook the books in this particular area they've done this and they've done this and he, and he gets the word don't do it so Monday morning they call him up so what did your God say doesn't it sound like Daniel it's amazing what did your God say. And he goes, oh, yeah. Well, God told me to tell you, don't do it. There are three things that I got from God. Prophetic gift. Here it comes, prophetic gift. This is a a word of knowledge. Uh, they cooked the books. They've done this, and they've done that. And the guy who's his buddy, one of the six, goes, oh, man. They really wanted to finish the paperwork today. Man, I... Okay, if that's what your God says, and he goes, well, yeah, that's, that's what I got from the Lord. So he goes back, and, and, and he tells the other five, and they're like, well, who's this idiot that's going to tell us that a God, so we don't even believe in a God. But they have to have complete agreement, and all six or they can't move forward on a business deal. So they take the next four or five hours to try to convince the one guy that there's no God and da, da da da, but they can't get him to change his vote. So they don't they don't get to acquire this company. By the end of the week, there happened to be an unbeknownst to the Disney executives, and uh, there happened to be an investigation going on about this company. And it got brought out four days later by that Friday or uh, by that next Friday that they were completely had cooked the books, that they were in in bed with this other organization that was mafia driven. Da 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 da. When that happened. All of those executives called my buddy the next day and said, Listen, Disney would like to, how much would it cost Disney to have you as a consultant? How much would it cost us to have you on on speed dial anytime we need you? And he said to them, You cannot buy the gift of God. Come on, somebody. These are gifts, they are free from the Lord. And as you learn today, these gifts, as we mentioned tons of them here today, these gifts, each and every one of us have gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. We all have gifts. Can I explain something to you? Christianity is boring and horrible when you're trying to walk this thing out in your own strength. When you don't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Yeah, you might get the revelation that you've been given the free gift of salvation, but what about the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life to overcome sin, to overcome destruction, to keep marriages together, keep things happening in the right way as God asks us to? And then what about these beautiful gifts? How cool is it to move in the gifts of God? When I look back over my years of serving God, and people tell me, How, is, it, is it cool to be a Christian? You know what I accidentally do? I start telling them about the moments where I, were use, I was using spiritual gifts and supernatural things happened. Why? Because they're just excitement. You think about it when people ask you, you know, somebody's thinking about getting married. Should we get married? I mean, is marriage fun? What do you start doing? You start telling all the hoorah stories. You start talking about when he took you to Paris. You start talking about all these cool things. You don't talk about the stuff, the grind and getting, because you have these memories of excitement that hold you together that keep you pushing forward, right? Are you with me? Say yes. yes. That's what the gifts are for. You start, you start moving these gifts, and you're like, look, y'all can say he ain't real, but I laid hands on a blind dude, and he, he could see. So you say what you want to say, but I saw it happen. Family. So you can say, by well, I didn't even know what I was saying, and they, and they went and did what God told them to do and transformed their family. So you can say what you want to say. When these gifts are active in our life, it actually gives some real in- excitement in our daily Christian walk. And this is why some of you have been so bored with Christianity, because you don't know about the gifts that are accessible for you. You have no idea that these gifts are. So, so what are they for? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 7. Here's what these spiritual gifts are for. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So God's given us spiritual gifts in the body so we can help each other. When you read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he starts talking about body parts, which is kind of creepy, but you got to understand God's imagery when it comes to his church. All right. So Jesus died and what he basically did, again, this is imagery. He takes his body parts and he splits them all up. And so each one of you is a part. So there are kidneys in the room. There there are livers in the room. There's some eyeballs in the room. There's some big toes in the room. I know, don't you hate that, man? I'm always the big toe. Anyway, but each and every one of us are a part of the body. And can you imagine not having a big toe? He said, "Man, why you walk funny? I ain't got a big toe." You know, how come come you got to go do dialysis? Because my kidneys aren't working. I don't have any. Friend, when I tell you something, this church is good or bad, not based on me. I'm just one of the body parts. It's based on whether or not we have all the parts doing what they're supposed to be doing, living their gifts out here amongst us. Why? Because the gifts are for each other. It's to help each other. You come into this service and you're having a bad week and someone turns to you and says, man, I feel like God, gift of prophecy, told me to tell you this. And you go, oh my God, thank you. You're like, yeah, I'm just being my part. That's my part. You know, it's amazing. Some of you came out of churches and everybody was mean. And the reason why is because they put the wrong people in the front of the house. You walk into church and people tell me all the time, it's like it's family. I tell you why. Because we found the people who have the gift of hospitality and put them at the front door. Because that's their gift. When they're in their gift, they love it. They, they'd rather sit out there and be and be welcoming to you than come hear me preach. Why? Because it's their gift. And when you're in your gift, it's like it's supernatural. It's like, I can't believe I just did that. That's unbelievable. That is magnificent. That really touched that person. And I'm addicted to it. Why? Because it's power flowing through you to help others being the part that you're supposed to be. So our welcome team, our, our, our folks out there with the gift of, gift of hospitality, they're just so welcoming and loving. And, you know, I don't have a gift of hospitality. You come to my house, I'm like, what? Why are you here? Because my gift, my main gift is leadership. So I'm like, look, I'm glad you're here. Now here's what we needed you to do. I start putting you to work because that's my gift. And so you get around me too much. You're like, man, I hate being around Pastor Adam. He always finds something for me to do. That's my gift, right? And so you get around the encouragers, and before you know it, you don't want to go on with God. You want to go commit suicide, and you get around the person with the gift of encouragement, and all of a sudden you're like, devil is a liar. The devil's a liar. Why? Because of that gift. And when we don't have your gift being used in the body, we are broken. See, man, I tell you, there's a lot of things you should change about this church. That's right. There's probably some people aren't using their gift properly. In fact, the fact that you can see it means that you're supposed to fix it. Thank you so much for seeing that. The Lord, We've been praying for your gift of seeing and fixing those problems. With your administration gift. It's amazing how God works in this whole thing. You know, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 27, I love this story. In Acts chapter 27, Paul has been in prison. He's now being transported to Rome. And the Roman centurions are going to take him, and they've got some other prisoners. And so they charter this ship or this boat, if you will. And it's a bad time to sail. So Paul gives them a prophetic, he gives them a word of knowledge. He says, do not sail during this time, I'm telling you. Don't sell during this time because we will lose. You, there, you will not, it will be a bad, bad situation if you do this. He gives them a word of knowledge. They look to the captain of the ship and he goes, no, we can make it. Why? He's trying to make money. He wants to get as many cargoes, m- things going as fast as he can. Why? Because the more loads he runs, the more times he, he, he makes more money. So he's like, no, it's going to be okay. So they get on the ship and they start taking off. Guess what happens? They get caught in a winter storm. And they're all going to die. They don't see the sun for days and days on end. The storm is rocking the boat, tearing the boat apart. And and Paul is sitting there like, I told you so, you big dummies. You should have listened to my word of knowledge. I had a word of knowledge for you guys, and you didn't listen. And then all of a sudden, what happens is, is the crew begin to realize we're all going to die. Why don't we get in the boats, the little little lifeboats, and let's get out of here and let them all go down with this ship? And as Paul notices that they're doing that, he says to the Roman centurion, he says, hey, listen, if they get in those boats, we will die. You need them to keep this ship together because they're the only ones who know how to sail through this stuff. So they cut the lifeboat. They listen to his word of wisdom, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Come on, somebody. Then Paul moves in leadership, and he starts getting everybody. There's 276 of them. Gets them all up on deck Because the night before, an angel spoke to him and said, God says that he will save all these people if they'll but believe in me. And so Paul stands up there in his leadership gift and says, Hey, everybody, don't worry. My God's going to save us. Prophetically, he speaks that. Leadership. And he passes out food because they haven't been eaten because they're scared of dying. And says, Eat, and you'll be better off for it. And they go, Okay. Starts moving in leadership gift. They crash the boat because they can see a little island. And those Roman soldiers go to kill every one of the prisoners. And the reason why is because in biblical times, in Roman times, that a soldier was responsible for that prisoner. If that prisoner got away, the soldier would lose his life. And that's how they kept from corruption from happening. Life for life. We give you a prisoner, and somebody pays you off, and, oh, I lost him. No, that's not going to happen. You die. If you lose, so they pull out the swords. It's going to kill them all because they've crashed the boat. The boat's falling apart. It's on the, it's right there on the rocks, you know, close to the shore on the sand sandbar. Excuse me. And and he says, you know what? They go to kill him. And Paul says, don't do it. Leadership, leadership gift. Don't do it. I promise you, we all will make it to there, and we'll still be your prisoners. And that leadership gift kicks in, and they go okay, and they put their swords away. All two hundred seventy six of them make it to the island. They're all freezing in the rain. It's storm season. Paul goes to make a fire. He's gathering wood. Gift of servanthood. He starts acting as a servant. His gift is servanthood, he starts serving. And as he does, a snake, a venomous snake, bites him on the, on the hand. He shakes it off into the fire, and they're all like, you're going to die. And he doesn't die, the gift of healing. That whole story is just marked full of supernatural experiences. The gifts of God are just boom, 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 boom. And the reason I say that to you is you may have some primary gifts, but that doesn't mean you're limited to those gifts. And the reason that is, is because what is the purpose of the gifts? To help others. Yep. So if I'm in a situation and there's no prophecy gift in the room, i am got to be the one to use, use that gift to help that situation. Do you understand what I'm saying? There may not be a big toe in the room, but we need a big toe, so i got to step up and let the big toe gift come forward. Are you with me? And this is what the body of that's why we got some of you are operating in a gift that's not really your best gift, but it's because we have a lack of gifting there. That's why I'm constantly telling you, hey, find those gifts. Let's get everybody's gift use, using. And when you and I aren't using our gift, what happens is we basically become spiritually constipated. Yep. It's true. And so then what happens, you come to church and say, feed me, feed me, feed me. In, 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 nothing out. And when there's nothing when there's nothing out, we become what I call spiritually constipated. And there's never enough that I can do to make you, make you feel more engaged or make this your, your church or cause you to do the things of God. I, I can't help you any bit. Why? Because you never give out. But when you and I give out, that's why right now, right now, there are men and women that are in that room over here serving your children. They're using their gift of servanthood. They're using their gift of teaching. And they're loving on your children right now. And can I tell you something? You interview those guys, they love that moment. Why? Because they're in their gift. They love it as much as anything else. When you're not using your gift, you become frustrated. Come on now. You become, you become dogmatic about what ain't right around here. And you end up breaking away from the body of Christ. And you go try to live in your little petri dish concept. Just me and my family. Bless God. I don't even need a church. Hallelujah. I just need Jesus. Really. Well, that goes against everything he said in scripture, that you're a body part. And the body can, parts cannot survive outside of the body. You've got to be in the body so the blood can flow to keep you alive. So God begins to pump that, all that blood. And so you got to understand, a lot of people think that it's my role to be all the body parts. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's ludicrous. So let's dive into a little couple pieces here on what these gifts are not. The spiritual gifts, number one, they are not the fruits of the Spirit. They're not the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are laid out in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit are not the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes people confuse you with that. The fruit is just what it's supposed to be. The fruit is proof that you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. When you can't control yourself and you keep going back to the porn and all this other stuff, I can look at you and go, oh, wow, okay, so you're not fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. The solution is not to get you more therapy and all that. No, you need to get more engaged with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. When when you're not at peace and you're frustrated and angry, I can just look at you and go, <laughs> you need to get some fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Because once you get the breath of God, the wind of God, the, he, the proof that you're in relationship with Him is that you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Gentleness. So how can she be so gentle? I'd strain those little... First graders up, how can she do that? Spirit of the Lord goes beyond my ability. Patience in what I'm dealing with, patience in what you're dealing with. The Spirit of the Lord, proof that we have it. The gifts are different. That's the fruits. And the fruits, again, are the result that I'm in relationship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing that the, the gifts are not. They are not Rewards. They're not rewards. You need to hear this. Some of you come out of a, out of a background, especially some of you guys coming out of Pentecostalism or charismaticism, and, and, and you were taught, maybe they didn't verbalize this, but this is what they propagated. If you pray more than everybody else, you'll be able to get people healed. If you read the Bible more than everybody else, you can move into gifts. They're not rewards. they are They're not rewards, they are gifts. They're not a reward because you've been a good Christian. Now, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you right now, the Bible is very clear that there are rewards waiting for us in heaven for those of us who walk in faithfulness and obedience. The Bible is very clear. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not doing all this expecting to get to heaven and live in a shack. I'm going to tell you that right now. The Bible is very clear. 2 Corinthians teaches all about it. There are rewards. That's why he says, store up not for yourself riches in this life where moth and rust do destroy, but store for yourself riches in heaven. Well, how can I store up riches for heaven if I'm not going to have some kind of reward in heaven? But that's not what these are. The spiritual gifts are not rewards. They are, say it with me, gifts. They're gifts. Here's the third thing that they are not. Spiritual gifts, they are not natural talents. Yep. Really easy to confuse those, right? Because you got these natural talents. These natural things that, I mean, you know, you know, I know a guy right now, he's so stinking charismatic. Oh, my God. he was. He's like the Doseckes guy. I mean, he's... Stay thirsty, my friend. I mean, he's that good looking. He's a friend of mine, older man. It's like, dude, he walks in the room and everybody's like, dang, that, I just want to be his friend. That's a natural talent. That's nothing to do with the supernatural ability to help the body of Christ and others. It's nothing to do with that. That's, it. That, that's just how God made him. Michael Jordan—that's a natural talent. That dude, six six, fly through the air like a ballerina, dunk over your head. Just a gift. I mean, you know, James. I mean, oh my God. I mean, just like he should have been a wide receiver or fullback or something, but he's playing basketball. He's just, just gift. Just ah, natural talent. Just raw. Like ah, it's not fair to short people. Anyway, it's just something, something. To behold. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual gifts again. They are supernatural. In fact, some of you know when you actually are in your gift. Like some of you, you when you get to counseling somebody, you don't realize as you start counseling them, you're like saying things and you're like, this is amazing. This is why? Because it's supernatural, right? Lady told her pastor, she said, you know what? I didn't realize until we did the spiritual giftings test that my husband had the gift to serve. I was mad at him because he would always go to other people's house and help them fix up their house, and it, it just made me so mad because he should be at home with us watching TV and stuff. But he just kept going and doing all this, made me mad. Like you, you and, and then I took the spiritual gifting test and realized that was his gift, that there was a supernatural empowerment, and that when he was doing that and helping others and that servant craftsmanship, there's a there's a gift of craftsmanship. As he was doing that, it fulfilled him because it was supernatural. And she said, once I realized that now I'm able to help him with his gift and I'm able to empower his gift and not be mad about his gift. Isn't that something? It's something. It's something how the gifts work. Here's the last piece. The gifts of the Spirit, they are not proof of character. Let it sink in for a second. They are not proof of character. Character, you and I have to work on. Integrity, you and I have to develop from day-to-day obedience to the Word of God. The spiritual gifts are what? They are... They're gifts. And here's my big rub with this whole stinking thing when it comes to gifts. And that is that we promote people because they have gifts instead of promoting people because they have character and integrity. And that's what we do so wrong in the body of Christ. In fact, let me just say it to you like this. The early church had this understanding that the leadership of the church, the apostles, prophets, teachers, the fivefold ministry, That their role was, yes, leadership, but they were not the solve-all. That they were simply a part of the body. They may have been the mouthpieces, they may have been eyes, but they understood, the early church understood that every person had a part. And every person's part was as valuable as the ones who were in leadership. That leadership was not a separation between leadership and the other parts of the body. That, yes, there was a head, but there are all these other parts. And these parts working together was the body of Christ. So there was no demeaning that this person had a gift of servanthood, whereas this person had the gift of leadership. There was no demeaning that this person was an apostle, and this one was a prophet, or this one was a pastor, or this one was a teaching. And those gifts are from God. They're not, they're just, they're from God. And the early church understood that where somewhere after the first century, the church got lazy and they said, here's what we want to do. We want to hire clergy. When you look through the Holy Scripture, you cannot find the word clergy anywhere. We want to hire clergy and they are to lead us. They are to represent God to us. They are to move in the gifts and we then will be laymen. And they've been laying around ever since. That's the whole concept. Like, We pay him to do the ministry, pay her to do the ministry, and then we lay around and receive. That shifted after the first century church. It's not biblical. In fact, it's anti-biblical. Then something happened in the 1500s. There was this great reformation. Anybody ever heard of it? The great reformation happened. And guess what? of the great things that came out of the reformation was the term, if you will, the priesthood of all believers. They had a revelation. Martin Luther had a revelation. Wait a minute. We, we don't need a high priest anymore. We don't need a priest to stand between us and, and God and absolve us from sins. We have one high priest. His name is Jesus. That gift was handed out. I can receive that. Wait a minute. I don't need to go to the priest to get me healed. I can, oh, there are healing gifts all throughout the body of Christ. I don't need to have that person do everything. I can do that. I have roles in the body, the priesthood of all the believers. In other words, wait a minute, I can be used by God. I can have the gifts of God. And it was this revelation, and guess what happened? Christianity exploded again on the scene. It right, in it, that revelation of the priesthood of belief, it righted all the goofiness that had happened up until that point in what was then the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church unbelievable. It just righted all the wrongs. Why? Because of Revelation. Wait a minute. I have a role in this body. I have a vital role in this body. I have a role, therefore I have a gift. That gift helps me fulfill my role. Are you with me? Say yes. And as I engage my gift, I engage my role. And as I engage my gift in my role, I have fulfillment in Christ. And I help others. And then all of a sudden the church exploded again. Oh, but that didn't last very long. Because here we are back in the whole concept that the pastor the preacher he does all that he's got he better have the gift of mercy he better be at that hospital being merciful he better have the gift of leadership and leadership all up out of that he better be prophetic because i ain't gonna listen to no word that ain't got some prophetic edge to it and go down through the list and all that stuff that i put on the screen all those 20 plus gifts i'm supposed to have all of them if that were the case i would be jesus But what Jesus did was divided his body parts out. And together, we, this church, with all of the parts moving, are the cause of Christ in the earth. We are the picture of Christ to the lost and the dying. And so I can't be the... I, and, so, and what we've done is we said, I will tip the preacher 10% if it's good. I'll give him a tip. I ain't going 20%. That's crazy. I'll do 10% if it's good. And he better really touch me, and it better be really good. And what happens is we are now trying to bond to the preacher because we think he's got all the gifts, and he's all the parts, and he is Jesus. She is Jesus. Where the person sitting next to you probably is a better Christian than I am, has a stronger gift of leadership than I do, has a prophetic gift stronger than than mine. Listen, there are men and women. Listen, years ago I learned there are men and women in this room that pray a lot more than I do. When I get around, I'm like, would you pray for me? I need to. I I just got to get better at that. (laughs) There are people in this room that are 100 times smarter than me. When it comes to doctrine, they're always like, Pastor, that was pretty good, but here's the three things you got wrong today. And I'm like, man, stop telling me. Golly. (laughs) There are people in this room that have better leadership gifts than me. That's why their companies are exploding. But he picked me to be the quarterback. But how dumb is it for me to hike the ball to myself, run out and catch the ball to myself, Try to block for myself. That's the stupidest thing on the planet. We've gone back to the big lie. That that person up there, those people up there have to do something for me and my family to make us successful. That's crazy. You have gifts. And until the church embraces, until you become the liver that we needed you to, until you become the kidney, we're going to be full of poison. We need you to suck the poison out of this whole, this whole thing, because that's your gift, your gift of mercy, that gift that's on your life. And when you're loving, and you don't understand, why don't y'all love the way we love? Because you have a gift. It's a gift of mercy. I don't have that gift. I mean, seriously, you come to my house, and I'm like, listen, we got to get you doing something great for God, you loser. Okay, get up off your butt. And... See, some of you guys are really clapping because you have the same gift. You're like, yeah, that's what we need to be doing. And some of you, also, oh, I can't believe he said that. Oh my goodness. Ah, Pastor, I really I struggle with him sometimes. Why? Because of your gift, right? We got to have that active in this body or we're an incomplete body. And if those gifts aren't active in your own life, guess what happens? You feel unfulfilled. You feel disconnected. Come on now. You're like, and you're waiting around for us to connect you in. We're like, look at the big gapping hole. Jump in. Well, I need someone to administrate that. You're the one. That's your gift. Administrate that. Help us. And this is where the breakdown happens from church to church to church to church. You're still with me? Say yes. So here's what I want you to do. Say, all right, Pastor, this is good. I get it. What do you want me to do? Here's the first thing I want you to do. Number one, I want you to discover your God gift. I want you to discover your God gifts. I use the word God gifts instead of Holy Spirit gifts because it fit better on the page. Okay, I just shortened it right there. Holy Spirit's a little longer words. So... And he is God. So there you go. Discover your God gifts. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. You have a gift that I don't have a grace for. You have a gift that I don't have a grace for. I have a gift that you have. Like thought of you standing up on this stage and bringing the word of truth. You're like, "Mm mm-mm, do that, bro, because I ain't doing that that people tell me all the time, thank you. Thank you for that word that just touched me so much. And that's my gift. I'm using my gift to better us. But there's a grace for me to do that. And there's a grace for you to do things that I don't have a grace for. And so you have to discover those gifts. We listed over 20 something gifts just straight out of the scripture. Which one is yours? You got to discover it. Now, Jamie and I, the other night, we got online, and there's a spiritual giftings test where you do the survey, and you kind of help you know, figure out your spiritual giftings test. And we're like, ah, I don't know if that thing's going to work. We got online. We took it. And, we, and when we finished it, it calculated. And it said, you're this, 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 and this. And we're like, yes, we are. Thank you. You prophetic online gifting survey. Wow. It's like, we don't need prophets anymore. Let's do surveys. Anyway, and so it was really amazing. And I was like, I want everyone in the church to take this game. He's like, whoa, hold up, hold up. I'm like, it's going to happen. So what I'm going to do is this week in your small group, I'm going to send them the link. And seriously, you can do it on your iPhone right there real quick. It takes about 15 minutes. And when you realize that is my gift, that is, based on how you answer the questions, you're going to be like, oh, I got to talk to somebody at the church. I'm ready. I'm ready to do something. But we're going to do that in our small groups this week. So be sure to go to small group. And we're going to give them that link so you can do that. All right. look, Look what... Uh, look at number two. Here we go. What else do I want you to do? Number one, discover your gift. Number two, develop your God gifts. Yep. Develop them. The reason why that's so important. Well, let me just let me, let me just say this to you. The reason why that's so important is because everyone thinks that I either have it and I can use it perfected, you know, in perfection, or not. That's dumb. Think about that. The first time you picked up a, 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 a baseball glove, you didn't know how to use it right. My, I put it on my right hand. I was like, how do you throw with it? And I put the ball in it and you throw it. And I'm like, right? And just because I got a, a ball glove for Christmas didn't mean I knew how to use it. And so what happens is as you discover your gift, then what has to happen is you got to embrace that. you got to develop it. you got to grow in it. it and you got to start maturing in it. And some of you, you, you know what your gifts are already and, and you kind of used them and you kind of aren't using them. And you know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians? It says it like this. It says, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, we should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. We should eagerly desire. I don't know what's happened, but we've gotten to the place of, ah, oh, that's for somebody else. Ah, oh, that's for somebody else. I don't really want to do all that. And what you've done is you've been disobedient. We should be eagerly desiring to walk in the spiritual gifts. There is nothing more exciting than when you and I move in the spiritual gifts. It is the, the most fun thing. I tell the story all the time, uh, just how God uses, uses me at times in spiritual gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I mean, I just, there's storylines that I could go through, and, and, and it just, they're so exciting, and they increase my, my trust in the Lord as God uses me in supernatural things. And, and so let me just keep moving for the sake of time. Here's the third thing, and that is, you need to use, uh, the third thing I want you to do is use your God-given gifts to serve others. Use your God-given gifts to serve others. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So you should use your gifts to serve others. Look at me. I don't know why we keep doing this. But the moment that someone starts to mature in their gift, we elevate them above everybody else. We put them on Christian television. They start a ministry. We all leave our local churches and go sit in their meetings to hear their great revelation. Can I just explain something to you? The gifts were given so that we could serve others, not serve ourselves. Even lost people look at us and go, What are you doing? I've watched the Christian community take idiots. I love them. They, they had a little gift of healing, and they could get some people healed, and they would elevate them, and everybody's going to their meetings. And I'm looking at like, that dude's not even faithful to his wife. He's got no character, no integrity. And we're dancing around like, oh, if I could just get him to lay hands on me. Because <laughs> of a stinking gift. And he takes that gift and he begins to build his ministry, begins to buy big houses, jet airplanes. And lost of people are looking at us like, are you crazy? Our family's like, what's wrong with you? All because we saw the supernatural gift at work. And then what happens, it tweaked and it went from serving others to serving themselves. This is how we can stay balanced. Some of you are like, I'm scared, you know, if God starts using me to raise the dead, and you start dreaming about being on Good Morning America and sitting there with Jimmy Fallon and like, Yeah, I just touched them and they raised from the dead. Jimmy, you want some? Wom, You start having these daydreams of what you would do and what kind of ministry you would have, and you'd be sitting on Christian television and you know, all this kind of stuff wrong to serve others. And this is where we've gotten out of balance. And this is why so many other people are like, if that is what charismatic means, if that's what gifts, all charismatic is, is the Greek word for the spiritual gifts, then I don't want to fool with them. Y'all keep them. And then that's where, which has made me so mad, entire groupings of people have taught against it and said that the gifts have died out. Cessationists is what they call themselves. That they stopped with the apostles in the New Testament. That's crazy too. God made gifts for us to have. They don't don't exist. We don't need them. Why did they come up with that doctrine? Multiple reasons. I think first and foremost is because we who know and understand the gifts have misappropriated them. I think we've used it to serve ourselves instead of serve others. There are people in this room, you don't even know their name, but if they pray for you, you're going to get healed. I'm telling you. You say, like, "Well, I wish you'd point them out to me." I've been sick for a year. I mean, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with you, man? There are people in this room. They move in such words of wisdom that I'm promised your business would explode if you could sit down with them and let them pray over you and hear from God for you. He's like, "Well, where are they? Exactly? Exactly? Y'all waiting for me to do it? I just need the pastor to tell me. <laughs> I ain't got that. Somebody else has that for you in this body because he never leaves a body incomplete." it's just will the parts step up and be what they're supposed to be for the sake of helping others this is what a church is supposed to be spiritual gifts are not so you and I can dance around and shoot YouTube videos (laughs) so that we can serve others because the next great revival will be nameless and faceless we won't make heroes because it'll be us we finally get a revelation that it's all about the team, the body, not about one or two individuals and elevating their gifting above all the other giftings. So you get this one gift, and this guy's really good with this one gift, this guy's really good at one gift. Next thing you know, we promoted them, but they don't have any of the other gifts around them. Wow. And you know, so why are they so incomplete? <laughs> because you elevated one gift. That's crazy. That's like, <coughs> kidney! <laughs> Worship the kidney! <laughs> like... You better put that sucker back in the body. <laughs> and you can't figure out why they died out. How are you used to follow their ministry? Where, what happened to them? You killed them. Because you pulled them out of the body and promoted them. Put that joker back in the body. and Now we're good. Every one of you, God's connected you to this body. It's time to be the gift that you're supposed to be to help us. We need you. Would you stand with me all across the room now that I've made you feel bad? It's not my goal, by the way. I just, as a good pastor, I want you to move in the gifts that are for you. Jesus gave you the gift of salvation. God the Father gave you the empowerment, the gift of the Holy Spirit, living and abiding in us, giving us power to overcome. Fellowship with him brings us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Then the Holy Spirit, when he came inside of us, he brings gifts, gifts of healing. Gifts of leadership, supernatural ability to serve others, gifts of mercy, gifts of words of knowledge. Wow, these gifts. So I want to move in those gifts. They catch the heart of hurting people. Because the gift becomes active to fix a problem, the gift activates. So I can't get my gift to work, go get around somebody hurting. There it is. I want you to close your eyes right where you're at. I want to pray over you. Father, I ask you, Lord, I've been crying out, fasting and praying for two days, oh God, that you, that you, God, would fill your people with your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, in their empowerment, they would get delivered from the fear. And that they would embrace their gift. And that, Lord God, the imagery that's been misappropriated, the whole concept that was demonic from the second century of, you know, the pastor, the great leaders, and then the layman, the clergy versus the layman, that, Lord, that you would destroy that here in Church on the Hill, and they would understand that we're all priests before the Lord, that we all have parts and roles, and gifts, and when we're in our gift, it's so awesome and we don't have to sit and compare our gift to somebody else's gift. No more than I can sit around wishing that I was a, you know, a, a, a Ford in the NBA. It'll never happen. It's not my gift. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that men and women in this room will begin to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Father, that they would discover their gift over the next couple of weeks. Lord God, that they would begin to use their gifts and mature. They'll start light and it maybe not work so good at first, and they'll mature even as they mature. And that, Lord, that we would all have a revelation through this whole process that it's for others. Show us who needs the gift of encouragement that's on our life. Lord, show us who who needs the gift that we have for for giving. That, that, That when we give, that that thing supernaturally does something for that family, for that individual. Not our tithe, a supernatural ability to give beyond. Who's that for, Lord God? Lord, the leadership gift, all the different gifts mentioned. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that men and women in this church are going to begin to prophesy. They're going to begin to have words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Gift of healing, working of miracles. That, Lord, when they find themselves in horrible situations, they'll recognize, wait a minute, like like Paul did. Wait a minute, this whole ship thing, this whole disaster situation, even though they didn't listen to me, this is an opportunity for the gifts of God to help others to be propagated, for his name to be lifted high. Thank you, Jesus. Now under your breath or out loud, whatever you're comfortable, I want you to ask the Lord, say, Lord, reveal to me my gifts. Reveal to me the spiritual gifts that are upon my life. Come on, reveal. Ask Him. To, you got to discover them. you got to go on a journey to discover your gift. There's so much. And then you'll probably end up using all of them like I do. But Lord, just point out to them their primary gift. What, what is that? What does it look like? How can they feel the fulfillment of being the part they're supposed to be and doing what you've created them to do? Thank you, Jesus. Man, you feel the Spirit of the Lord? He's speaking to you. He's speaking to us. Now, with your head bowed and your eye closed, I want to give a call for anyone in the room that might say, Pastor, I got to be honest, man. I, I came here today. I've been coming for a couple of weeks or whatever, but I'm not a Christian. I got to be honest. I'm not. I, I know for a fact if I died today, I'm not going to heaven. There's no way. I've rebelled against God. I don't have a relationship with Him. I feel separated, maybe even divorced. Maybe you say, Pastor, I used to be a Christian. You know, went to church and all that kind of stuff like they do. But, but I'll be honest with you. I, life happened. I walked away. I got zero relationship. I never hear his voice. I never sense him in my life. And I know it's because of my rebellion. I know it's because of my sin. But today I want to repent. I want to make it right. I want to be right with God. I want to leave this place knowing that I'm his and he's mine. Friend, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to help you with that. You said, what do we do? Well, I got, here's, here's the plan that God laid out. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he, Jesus that is, is the Christ the son of the living God, that he will then forgive you and cleanse you from all righteousness. In other words, you make him the Lord of your life by way of a prayer, by way of a statement of your heart, by way of sincerity of believing, like that's it, I'm changing, I want God. And then submitting and surrender ourselves to him, he makes it all right in that holy moment. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's where you're at, you say, Pastor, that's right where I'm at, I'm ready. I'm ready to make a change, I'm ready to serve God, and I just, I just I, I'm, what do I, whatever I need to do, let's do it. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to point you out. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to make this deep decision. This deep decision privately in front of everybody. No one's looking. And for you to pray that out and ask God into your life. If that's you, if I'm speaking to you right now, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. Say, Pastor, that's me. It's time to serve God. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, bro. Thank you, sweetheart. Thanks for your honesty. Wow, I love real people. Thank you for being real. I can't stand fakes. Thank you for being honest. Anybody else, Pastor? I don't want to leave here today. I'm not right with God. It's time. I'm ready. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to make that move. I'm ready to ask Jesus into my life. Two more seconds. Anybody else? Quickly, lift your hand. Don't let this moment pass you. Don't push it away. Don't push God away. This is your moment. Anybody else? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. I saw it. You put your hands down. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to call you forward. No one's going to know that. That you know that you're making these decisions. This is you and God moment right here. It's private. It's deep. It's real. And I want you to pray this prayer with all of your heart. In fact, I want everyone in the audience to pray it out loud with you so you're not by yourself. Even if you didn't lift your hand, but you say, you know, Pastor, I know I should have raised my hand. I just was unsecure. And I want you to mean this with all your heart. Have a moment with, with your God and ask him into your life. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, today, I admit, I'm a sinner. I admit that I've done you wrong. But today, I ask you, forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross. For my sins, I accept your forgiveness. And here and now, I declare I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I promise to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for just a moment. Father, I pray for every man and woman who prayed that prayer with all sincerity. God, you know what this means to me. This is a fulfillment of my gift. To help people come and know you better. To have a relationship with you. And so God, I pray right now that as they walk out of this building today, they can hold their shoulders back, hold their head up. All the shame, all the guilt, all the junk, all the lies that you don't really mean. it All that will be washed away. And the sincerity that though they may not be perfect, they are yours. They are now yours. They became a son and daughter of God today. Here and now with their prayer of their confession. And God, I thank you right now. Peace comes over. Let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard their heart and mind right here in Christ Jesus. Lord, may the joy of the Lord begin to strengthen them and become that strength. And Lord, may the sincerity of God be ever-present every day of their life as they serve you wholeheartedly. And we declare it as so in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people greet and shout it, amen and amen.